When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Here is a destination as exotic as they come, steeped in culture, the beauty of nature, and history. It has inspired artists, writers, and fortune hunters. When you step out onto this beautiful land, you will feel like you are visiting another world. If you are seeking isolation and solitude, you can find it here. Some say that if you search really hard, you may find something more. Legend has it that this place is also home to a terrifying, man-killing creature like you can find nowhere else on Earth. Welcome to Destination Terror, your passport to the scariest places in the world. From haunted hotels to locations of unexplained creature sightings, we will travel to places that will provide excitement, adventure, and horror. Today we are discussing a place of sand dunes, mountains, and vast deserts. The Gobi Desert is a place of unbelievable beauty, but also the home of a horrifying, unbelievable legend, the Mongolian Death Worm. So if you are into travel and all things scary, listen close and you might just discover your next exciting adventure destination, but hopefully not your final destination. Destination Terror is an EerieCast original podcast hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to send us a suggestion or submit a story with your own experience, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at carmencarrion. If you enjoy the show, follow and rate Destination Terror on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us grow. Also, check out eeriecast.com for more scary podcasts, such as Tales from the Break Room featuring allegedly true and terrifying stories that happened on the job. Nancy had not enjoyed the 14-hour flight from the U.S. to Mongolia. Riding coach cramped up for that long was a little more than her back could handle. Her husband had not helped, with his embarrassing snoring for almost six hours. Though that part was about over as the pilot had said they would be making their final approach soon. The jet was bouncing around quite a bit as Nancy finally felt the wheels hit the ground. She couldn't believe they were there. All the time and planning, and now they would get to see what their friends had told them about. Nancy and her husband Adam were lucky enough to have retired early in life. They had sold their bakery and had gotten quite a lot for it. Being in their late 40s, it was decided that they would get into shape while seeing the world. 
So they began to hit every hiking and biking trail they could find. It had kind of become more than a hobby. They both had lost a lot of weight, felt great, and couldn't get enough of their new life. It was around the time they had started talking about an international outing that some of their neighbors returned from a trip to Mongolia. They went to visit family there and brought back pictures. Nancy and Adam had immediately fallen in love with the landscape. The fact that they could go hiking in the desert or the mountains was pretty enticing as well. So last year the couple began planning a trip that had led up to this moment. Now they were about to deboard a plane in what felt like an almost magical place. Once they had managed to grab their carry-on bags and make their way into the airport, they looked out the windows at the awesome scenery. Various aircraft with the backdrop of mountains in the distance. Nancy smiled with excitement. Adam put his arm around her and said, Come on, let's go. Plenty of time for sightseeing after we rest. The ride to the hotel was almost surreal to them. Neither of them said much. It was almost like being a child again. So many things they hadn't seen before. It was an actual effort to take it all in. Once they were checked in and in their room, Adam joked about the fact that it was just a normal hotel room. Nancy laughed slightly and asked, What did you expect? He said, I don't know, just Mongolian stuff everywhere or something. She told him to try and get some sleep, because she planned to run his butt off the next morning. They awoke early to the radical siren alarm Nancy had used on her phone. Adam argued that they were in fact on vacation and sleeping in would not be a crime. But soon he realized she was not going to stop jumping on the bed and yelling, wake up. They had been together long enough for him to know that when Nancy was excited, there was no stopping her. So he got out of bed and stretched hard and began getting ready. He asked what they would do for breakfast. Protein bars, Nancy answered with a quick smile. Great, he exclaimed. Nothing but the best for us. Soon they were off. It was about an hour's drive to the trail they had picked. They watched as the city shrank into hills and green fields behind them. The grasslands were vast, with large rock formations on all sides of them. The scattered clouds with blue and sunny skies made for an excellent background. Nancy rolled her window down to smell and fill the air. Adam said, you don't see anything like this back home. That's why we are here, Nancy answered. A few more minutes and the car stopped to let them out. They had expected a large welcome center, or at least a starting area though all they could see was a sign that gave the name of the trail and a basic map that neither one of them could read, given that they didn't speak Mongolian. So Adam suggested that they at least take a picture before they got started. Nancy agreed and got out her phone. While taking the picture, she noticed Adam seemed a little more tense than usual. She asked him if he was okay, and he said yes. I'm just a little concerned. We are a long way from home and this seems like maybe we should have hired a guide or did a tour or something. Nancy reassured Adam by reminding him that they had been doing this for a couple of years now and they were not amateurs. She told him they would stay on the trail and if they didn't see anyone in a few hours, they would turn around and come back. He seemed a little more relieved at that idea, so they began to walk. They were walking slow to take in the beauty and trying to be careful at the same time. The trail was rough with jagged rocks poking up every few inches. 
The ground was flat but seemed rather hard on their feet. Adam commented that it was going to make his ankle sore even though he was used to walking. Nancy laughed at him, saying, We haven't even gotten to any inclines yet and you're already whining. Adam said, Yes, I've noticed that for a mountain hike we seem to be going away from them. Nancy replied, I assume we will be winding back around to the hill soon. She pulled up the picture she took of the map. She was carefully studying the path it pictured, trying to decide where they might be on the lines. After a few moments, Nancy proclaimed, It doesn't really matter anyway. We have stayed on the trail. All we must do is turn around and walk straight back the way we came if all else fails. Adam agreed, so they kept on walking. Getting lost in conversation about how far they had come in life, and how happy they were with how things had turned out for them. They didn't notice that the trail had slowly turned more into what looked like a valley grassland than going up into the mountains. It was about then that they decided it was time to turn around. Nancy said they would just go on a tour since they literally had no idea what they were doing. Adam had said it was no problem for him because he was already tired and ready to try some real Mongolian food. Once on the way back across the trail, they noticed some things that didn't look right. A fearful frustration started to come over Adam. He told Nancy they should have been paying closer attention to their surroundings instead of aimlessly strolling along like they were walking in a park. She quickly told him to get it together and that everything would be fine. He was just being paranoid because it was a new experience. He took a deep breath and said, fine, but I want to take a break and sit down for a few minutes. He began walking through some tall grass off the side of the trail. Nancy said, that's great. Wandering off the trail certainly won't help. Adam said, come on, I'm not going far. I just need a comfortable place to sit down for a few minutes. Nancy rolled her eyes and fell in behind him. They only walked for a few minutes before coming up on a rock formation. It was about 150 feet tall with several indentions around the base. The tall grass was all around it, so they had to push it down to get to the large overhang that produced a lot of shade. Adam threw his backpack down and plopped down on the ground. He looked up at Nancy and said, See, this is much better than sitting on the trail. Nancy looked around nervously and said, Yes, I suppose it is. Aren't you going to sit down? Adam asked. She said no. The sooner they get back to the trail, the happier she would be. So she set her bag down and began stretching her knees. Adam grabbed the water bottle from his pack and took a big drink about the time Nancy said, Good Lord, what is that? She pointed over Adam's shoulder at the base of the rocks. Just under the edge, they could make out what seemed to have the body of a snake. Adam cringed visibly. Hell, I don't know, but I'm not going to find out either. Nancy picked up a long stick and walked over to it. She pushed the stick into the dirt under the creature and leveraged it up, revealing most of it to them. It was blood red and about three feet long. Its body was shiny and more worm-like than snake. Adam cringed again. Damn, that thing is ugly. Get away from it. Nancy dropped the stick when she saw its face. Its head was about the size of a large man's fist, 
It had some type of black thorax around it that turned into what looked like claw-type pincers around the area of its mouth. She took a few steps back and said, almost under her breath, It's time to leave. As she turned, Adam was bent over getting his backpack in order when he looked up and was face to face with another creature of the same type. He opened his mouth to speak, and about that time the worm seemed to make a strange hissing noise and projected from its mouth a yellow fluid that filled Adam's face and mouth. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. One of the most beautiful and peaceful places in the entire Asian region is the Gobi Desert. People who love solitude, hills, and sand, and the exciting beauty of deserts adore this location the most. Known as the fifth largest desert in the world, it is located in China and covers the northwestern parts of the country, along with southern parts of Mongolia. If you look at the Silk Road, which belongs to this desert, there are many important cities that fall on this route. This location is the Rain Shadow Desert, which is formed by the Himalayan Range. All of the clouds that are passed from the Indian Ocean are blocked by the Himalaya Range, due to which the harsh beauty of this location is enhanced furthermore. The best thing about the Gobi Desert is its climate. When imagining the desert, you may conjure up images of parched terrain and deadly heat. However, this location is more like an oasis. The Gobi Desert is extremely cool, and the climate is peaceful and cold. It is said to be a cold desert, and you can even experience snowflakes on the dunes there. In the Western mind, Asia's Gobi Desert even evokes a sense of an alien world, a remote land marked by awesome and arid landscapes, torrid summers, frigid winters, long extinct life forms, striking modern life forms, epic adventure, spiritual sanctuary, and unforgettable travel destinations. This desert is reported to be so long that it would take a year to go from one end to the other. And at the narrowest point, it takes a month to cross it. It consists entirely of mountains and sands and valleys. The Mongolian desert is not only a desert, but it also has a secret history with so much to tell, and it hides unbelievable beauties that can only be found there. 
There is also something darker that is said to be lurking beneath the beauty of this Mongolian oasis. Some people believe that a large, deadly, worm-like creature called the Mongolian deathworm exists in the Gobi Desert. It sounds like a fantastic, lethal creature that might be found in a 1950s pulp science fiction novel or sci-fi television movie. Despite the creature's fearsome name, many fearless explorers have set out into the Gobi Desert seeking the beast. Numerous organized expeditions and searches have been made over the years by both independent researchers and in conjunction with television shows. Despite extensive searches, eyewitness interviews, and even setting traps for the beast, all have come back empty-handed. Many of those who believe in the creature acknowledge that there is no hard evidence to its existence, but instead believe that legends and stories of them must have some basis in historical truth. The descriptions from different places and times are far too similar, they believe to be anything but realistic and independent eyewitness reports. From a folkloric perspective, however, this must be a sign that legends and stories of the deathworm have spread throughout the region, as commonly happens through trade and travel. Inhabitants of the Gobi Desert are aware that there is global interest in their mystery monster, as well as offers of rich rewards for any one of these creatures found, alive or dead. And if one was found, it would definitely come to light. The creature could not be a soft, fleshy worm. Instead, it is likely a type of snake or legless lizard. This also means it would have to be a vertebrate animal with a spine that would presumably be found by searchers. Numerous explanations have been offered for this creature, including misidentified or new species of snake. Of course, not all the characteristics of the sandworm are a perfect match for the deathworm. For example, terrestrial snakes can't deliver lethal electric shocks the way the electric eels can. Furthermore, several venomous snakes, primarily cobras and vipers, can spit poison, which although not acidic, can certainly cause harm and blindness. Yet these reputed characteristics are based not on hard data, but myths and stories and personal experiences. Some accounts of the death worm claim that its venomous spittle can corrode metal instantly. It is of course possible that the Mongolian death worms do exist, but there would have to be more than one of them to sustain what biologists call a breeding population, likely tens or hundreds of thousands of them. The Mongolian death worm's native name, Olge Korokoi, means intestine worm, due to its blood-red color and size, which is the size of an intestine. It has been described by many to be from 2 to 7 feet long, can spit out a corrosive yellow saliva, and can generate blasts of electricity. Mongolian nomads believe the giant worm covers its prey with an acidic substance that turns everything a corroded yellow color. Legend says that as the creature begins to attack, it raises half its body out of the sand and starts to inflate until it explodes, releasing the lethal poison all over the unfortunate victim. The poison is so venomous that the prey dies instantly. Livestock and humans are supposed to be its main prey. Because Mongolia had been under Soviet control until 1990, very little was known about the death worm in the West. Of course, if you are a believer and want to see for yourself, 
There are plenty of exotic locations geared just for tourists and adventurers in the Gobi Desert. When not worrying about avoiding a large man-killing worm, you can find plenty of fun and exciting things to do in the Gobi Desert. Have you ever ridden two humped camels? If not, you should do this during your Gobi Desert tour in Mongolia. The two humped camels walk gently so that you will feel comfortable between their two humps rather than riding the one-humped camels. And your picture on the camel's back by the sand dunes will be a perfect keepsake to share with your friends. Conger sand dunes are one of the tallest sand dunes in Mongolia. It continues 100 kilometers, towers 300 meters above the Gobi steppes, and with a width of 1 to 7 kilometers. These sand dunes are one of the most beautiful, where photographers like to shoot amazing pictures. Climbing the sand dunes is an experience itself. You will have the most stunning views of the Gobi Desert from the top. Climbing the higher dunes allow you to have stunning views, but seems a challenge for many people. Once you are on top of the dunes, the sand slides northwards against the wind. You will hear a sound like an aircraft. The sand is singing. You can listen to the sand singing when the sand is dry. A gur, or yurt, as you may have heard them called, is the traditional dwelling of the nomads and the main accommodation of the gur camps. A gur is a portable, circular dwelling and has been the primary style of home in Central Asia, particularly Mongolia, for thousands of years. Your Mongolian travel will not be complete without a stay in a gur. You can stay in any gur or gur of nomads, a gur of gur camps, or a gur of a guesthouse gur. The Gobi Desert Nomads visit can be one of the best experience you will have in Mongolia. It's amazing to be invited into a gur and witness the age-old customs of these nomadic people. The Gobi Desert is the second important paleontology site in the world. It was first discovered that the dinosaurs laid eggs after the complete nest was found in the Flaming Cliffs, which is one of the main attractions in the Gobi Desert. Almost all tours there include the former dinosaur excavation area, Flaming Cliffs. It is a beautiful area, but dinosaur fossils are found randomly due to the tourist crowd. Where else can you explore the dinosaur fossils in nature now? You can do this while traveling along the Gobi Desert Highlights and Central Mongolian Scenery Tour. A general picture of the Gobi Desert is endless steppes edge with the horizon. Seeing the Gobi Desert sunrise and sunset over the steppes will be one of the beautiful sceneries you will see in the Gobi. The daylight heat, refreshing evening, and morning air of the cloudless sky make the sunlight even more picturesque with sharper color. The Gobi Desert has the brightest sky, with countless stars and cloudless blue daytime, and it is the best area for stargazing. The Gervin Saiken is a beautiful green mountain in the Gobi Desert that has many picturesque valleys. One of them is called Eagle Valley, where the golden eagles nestle in the rocks. Hiking through the green and cooling air canyon of the Gobi Desert will be a refreshing experience, where you will see the golden eagles hovering over here and there. The Thousand Camel Festival takes place in the Gobi Desert of Mongolia and is a celebration of the endangered Bactrian camels. The camels have played an important role for the Gobi Desert nomads' life. The nomads use the camels for transportation and to make dairy products. They also provide meat and hides, as well as beautiful warm and soft cloths and blankets. 
During the festival, you will see many camel-related customs and activities, such as camel competitions, camel polo, camel races, best ornament camels, beautifully dressed camel herder competition, how nomads transport gur on the camel's backs, and things made of camel wool. If you wish, they will even let you ride the camels. Seeing hundreds of camels at once is something special. The camels are marvelous in their winter coat. The camel festivals take place on the 6th and 7th of March annually. The Gobi Desert is a great destination for adventure, excitement, and even relaxing. Let's not forget, though, it is also a great place to be horrified. Adam let out an otherworldly type of noise, almost like a scream but with a shuddering of almost crying as well. Nancy jumped and began running toward him, screaming, Oh my God, are you okay? Adam had fallen to his knees, holding his face and breathing heavily while continuing to make gruesome sounds. Nancy grabbed his arms, trying to pull his hands away to see what was wrong, but he would not let go. Just then, the same worm spit again, only this time it didn't have as much fluid. The yellow toxin hit the inside of Nancy's calf muscle. It immediately began to burn like her leg was on fire. She tried to jump back, but when she put her weight on her leg, the pain hit so hard it gave and she fell. She looked up and noticed another red worm type creature quickly making its way in her direction. Fear shot through her so strong. It was almost as if her leg had already gone numb. She got back to her feet and began to go back toward her husband. Only this time she grabbed a large stick. Once she got to him, he had fallen over on his side. Still holding his face, it was as if he was trying to speak, but his mouth couldn't produce coherent sounds. To Nancy's surprise, three more of the creatures had popped up around Adam and were shaking all over. Almost how a rattlesnake would rattle its tail. She jumped over Adam and struck at them with the stick, hitting one of them in the center of its back. It stopped shaking and retreated into the grass. The other two, however, lunged at her. She swung the stick again, missing and falling back down. It had created the distance she needed to try and get Adam to his feet. She crawled over to him and put her arms around him, trying to guide him into standing up. As she pushed and pulled, yelling, Please, baby, stand up! His hands were pulled back from his face. A large portion of the flesh came back with his hands. Where his eyes once were, there were only black pits. His teeth and the inside of his mouth were burned down to his jawbone, giving him the look of a corpse who had been laying there for quite some time. Nancy screamed and let him go, in shock at what she had seen. She began wailing uncontrollably. She tried to compose herself long enough to grab Adam by his feet and drag him to safety. One of the creatures struck and bit the side of Adam's head. It began to shake violently, and just before Nancy could curse the creature, she felt a jolt, almost like she had been hit with a board. She went flying back onto the ground. Dazed and almost knocked out, she felt every muscle in her body cramp up. She had a sharp pain run through her chest. Nancy suddenly remembered a couple of years before, grabbing one of Adam's extension cords, not realizing it had been cut in the insulation. 
She had been shocked and it hurt like hell. This was the same, but only multiplied by about a hundred. Nancy now knew the worm-like creatures were also like eels. They could produce an electric charge. The memory of Adam's extension cord had reminded her of him. She lay there on the ground and began to weep quietly for him, knowing she would never see his face again. There was no way to save him from the wounds he had, and even if she could, she knew those creatures had most likely already finished killing him. She started to feel fear rush through her once more, overcoming her. She jumped to her feet and began running as fast as she could. While running, her muscles began to loosen back up. She was heading back for the trail they had wandered off only minutes before. It wasn't long before she could see where her and Adam had been when her calf began to burn horribly once more. She realized she had forgotten about the large burn from the acid the creature had spit at her. She looked down, and it was much worse than she could have imagined. A large gaping ulcer about three inches in diameter was burned right in the muscle of her leg. It seemed the acid had slowed down, but was still working. Nancy quickly scooped up water in her hand from a small puddle and poured it into the wound. It stung like hell, and she let out a muffled scream. The water ran from the hole in her leg and down to her ankle. The skin began to blister where the stream ran. Whatever these things were spitting at her was extremely potent. She tried to flush it off with what small amount of water was left. She then remembered her phone. Luck would have it that she had put it in her pocket. She quickly pulled it out and slid the emergency button. The call would not go through. She checked and could see that she had two bars, so she tried again. For some reason unknown to her, it wouldn't work. Nancy got up and started walking as quickly as she could up the trail, continuously trying to call for help. Finally, it started to ring. She stopped and sighed in relief. An answer came through, but not in a language she could understand. She started crying and trying to explain where she was and that her husband needed medical help quickly. The voice stopped, and in a few moments, another person was on the line. This person seemed to speak broken English and told Nancy to try and stay calm. They reassured her that help was on the way. Just then, Nancy heard something that made every hair on her body stand up at once. It was a vibrating sound. It reminded her of the rattling motion those worms had made at her and her husband. She began running the opposite direction of the path while holding her phone close to her. Limping and breathing heavily, she tried to push through the pain and get as far away as her body could carry her. Nancy looked ahead, and all she could see was valley on all sides of her. Nowhere to take shelter or get up higher. She did, however, see a small wooded type area, a little way out and to the right of her. She began making her way there. It took a lot longer than she had originally thought to get to it. She looked down at her leg, realizing it had become almost unusable at that point. The hole had gotten deeper, and she wasn't sure but thought she might be able to see the tendons beginning to show. Nancy quickly looked up, not wanting to know for sure if it was in fact that bad. 
She had finally made her way into the small batch of trees and collapsed on the ground. She held the phone to her ear and began to speak. No one was on the other end. She thought maybe they had hung up, but when she tried to call again, the phone was dead. Nancy let out a loud cry and just broke down. Surely someone would be along soon either way. The call had gone through, and the voice had told her they were coming. Through the crying and yelling, Nancy heard a disturbing sound. It was a hissing, much like that of the worm that had spit on Adam. It sounded rather close and was followed by the vibrating and rattling. Nancy opened her eyes and looked up. There were about four of the worms in front of her, facing her direction. She began pushing backwards behind the tree she was leaning against. As she turned, about five to six more were coming up out of the ground. The one closest to her made a hissing, hawking sound. The last thing Nancy saw was a yellow liquid eject from its mouth, and she let out a blood-curdling scream. Thank you for joining us to explore the Gobi Desert and its legend of the Mongolian death worm. Be sure to tune in next time as I take you to the Han River in South Korea, one of the most famous landmarks that you would never expect to be haunted. I'm Carmen Carrion. Remember, you can send me suggestions and stories of haunted places to my email, carmencarrion at gmail.com, or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. Be sure to check out EerieCast.com for more terrifying podcasts. Until next time, be safe out there until I see you at our next destination.